0: hello welcome to my podcast hyperfixation station this is quirky black mb that's what i go by on all my socials um that's my username on everything and i'm so excited oh my gosh i'm so excited because this episode ah, this episode we're gonna be talking about scooby-doo mystery incorporated <sighs> okay so i'm gonna give a little bit of context just about the show. I'm going to start with just like some basic information and then I can go into the plot and then I can go into why I love the show so much and why it's so fucking interesting to me. Okay? Sorry if you hear cars driving. Um, there's really nothing I can do about that. So hopefully it's not too obnoxious. Um, and ah, I'm very excited. Okay, so Scooby-Doo Mystery Incorporated is a animated mystery comedy drama series it came out in 2010 and it ended in 2013 um it had two seasons and 52 episodes so it's pretty short <laughs> like i recommend it to people all the time because it's so short i really don't like when people recommend me shows that are like 15 seasons Mm-mm, i can't i can't like i really can't like Supernatural, like, um, what's that hospital show? Um Grey's Anatomy? Yeah, no. I just, I i kind of give people side-eye when they um, recommend shows to me that are too long. So I don't feel bad when I recommend this to anyone because it's pretty short. It really doesn't take that long to get into it. So, um, <laughs> the show... I guess I'll get into that later but it does a lot of um it references a lot of things constantly like it's constantly referencing pop culture um it references horror movies a lot which I don't know a lot about horror movies so I'm not even really going to talk about that because I didn't notice that um because I haven't watched a lot of horror movies because I'm I'm a scaredy cat so I discovered this show in 2016 um I was looking for something to watch on Netflix and I must have googled Netflix gems or shows that no one knows about on Netflix or something, I don't know, something like that. And I pulled up this article. Um, I tried to look for it, but I don't, I can't find it. Um, I'll link it in the description if I do find it. I just didn't want to like waste time looking for it in the middle of the show. Sorry, I don't plan ahead. (laughs) That's an ADHD thing. But anyway, so I um I discovered that article and it was talking about how amazing this like iteration of Scooby-Doo was. And I was like, I like Scooby-Doo as a kid. I might be interested in this. <laughs> so I immediately like opened Netflix and started watching it. Like I was really really interested. I was like, okay, this looks good. And so I started watching it and my life has been changed ever since because this is one of my favorite TV shows in the entire fucking universe um it's just my favorite like i i i can't say anything else but it's my favorite so i guess i'll give you like the premise of the show so that you can understand when i start getting into like super intense details also spoiler alert um i feel like that's kind of obvious cause i'm talking about a tv show um but yeah spoiler alert i'm gonna give all kinds of information. If you've never seen the show and you want to watch it, please go watch it. Like, pause this podcast, go watch the show, and come back and listen to me rant about it. But if you don't care, then keep going. So the premise of the show is the gang that we know and love, um, Daphne, Fred, or Freddy as he's usually called, Velma, Shaggy, and Scooby, are all living in Crystal Cove. Um, They all have parents and stuff, which is cool. Like, I feel like in the other shows, they don't have parents. Like, they, we never see them or anything. It's like they do not exist. And so they're a mystery-solving organization. No, I'm just joking. They're a mystery-solving group. (laughs) And at the beginning, they actually don't have a name. Uh, The show is named Scooby-Doo Mystery Incorporated because they like to put Scooby-Doo in all the titles. And then the Mystery Incorporated later becomes their name um which we'll get into that later but so they're a mystery solving group and no one wants them to be like we learn in the first episode i'm gonna like talk about the first episode a little bit to kind of give you the premise because the first episode kind of um helps you understand the premise a lot better than if i just kind of make up my own interpretation of the premise um so in the first episode we learn that No one in town, um, specifically the sheriff and their parents, want them to be a mystery-solving group. We learn that the sheriff hates them solving mysteries. And uh, this is because their town, Crystal Cove, is known as the most hauntedest place on Earth. (laughs) That's what it says on the sign. And so these all of the monsters and ghosts and ghouls and all that are supposed to are their tourist attraction. And so if the gang keeps solving these mysteries, it's it's fucking with their tourism. And so we learn that like the sheriff is not a fan of them. <laughs> we literally meet the gang when they're put in jail by the sheriff for for solving a crime, for solving a mystery. Cuz think about it like it's not just, like, people dressing up in costumes and, like, running around town. They're always, like, robbing banks or kidnapping people or something. They're always doing something illegal on top of dressing up as a monster. So, I don't... That's just a funny premise of being, like, we're gonna put you children in jail. Um. Also, they're, yeah, they're all in high school. They're all the same age in this show. Us, I'm assuming, because we see them in classes together and such. As I know... I've read things where Velma was the youngest, but in this one, she's the same age as everyone else. Um, but we'll, we'll get into the individual characters. I don't even, we're going to keep going with the premise. So we, um, also learned that their parents hate that they're mystery solvers. Um, we get different scene after scene in the first episode of, uh, the different mystery solvers justifying why they're doing this. Uh, you know, like, especially with Daphne and Freddie, they have to justify it a lot to their parents, and they're like, all the kids are doing it, and their parents are like, no, they're not, um, Velma's parents are actually more supportive, which is cool, and then, (laughs) um, Shaggy and Scooby's parents, I know that Shaggy and Scooby aren't brothers, but we're gonna, we're gonna go with that, Shaggy and Scooby's parents, um, are supportive, as well, like to a degree, like they're not really supportive of the mystery solving thing, actually, but they're supportive of Shaggy and Scooby enjoying eating because that's what they that's what they tell their during the little montage of like um the kids explaining to their parents how everyone's doing this <laughs> that's what um Shaggy and Scooby talk about they talk about eating, <laughs> which I think is funny um but yeah, their parents are fine with the mystery solving to a level. It starts getting... Later on in the show, it starts getting dangerous and then their parents are not a fan. <laughs> At all. But so, yeah, that's the premise. It's super similar to a Scooby-Doo you might have grown up with. Um, but it gets so much crazier so quickly. Like, it, It's ridiculous. Uh, also, just keep in mind, I haven't rewatched the show in full in a while. So if I get some details wrong, sorry about it. I might like re-record this after I've rewatched it and like come up with like a Scooby-Doo Mystery Incorporated Part Two. I just finished watching the show again or something like that. Um, but yeah, keep that in mind. I've rewatched some of it, but I have not rewatched all fifty two episodes. So my details might be all over the place, but um you know, it'll be it'll be the best I can do. <laughs> okay, so I really wanna Okay, now I'm talking I'm gonna talk about the characters. Um so we have I'm gonna make sure to get their first and their last names. So we have Fred Jones, often called Freddie <laughs> in the show. He literally says, um, when he introduces himself to someone, I can't remember who, but he says oh yeah i'm fred uh or freddie if we're dating which is and then there's a lot of um people uh taking him saying that and then taking shaggy calling him freddie and being like what's going on i don't know why he says that line because everyone calls him freddie like (laughs) that probably sounds but like i'm pretty sure every single main character in the show actually calls him freddie Um, (laughs) so that's a really funny thing that they like threw in there, but like it wasn't accurate. I don't know. I think it's funny. Maybe like in the original or the older versions of Scooby-Doo, it was only Daphne that would call him Freddy. But yeah, it's, it's kind of a good time. It's, it's a good time so we have freddy he's a himbo (laughs) i've talked with my friend about this and we've both determined uh well actually he brought this to me because i was like "Freddie is obviously a himbo but like he brought this to me and he was like you know Freddie's gay right and i was like you know what you might be right like like he like laid it out and i'm like you might be right i really i really want my friend (laughs) i want to make a whole video where I just talk about how queer the Scooby Doo mystery incorporated characters are, and I really, I am gonna have to convince my friend to come on with me, so he can just explain the whole Freddie um, <laughs> being gay thing. But yeah, so like, where like I kind like I like kind of headcanon Freddy is gay, but I am not as invested in Freddie as a character, so I don't really care. But he's one hundred percent a himbo. He has no idea what's going on at any time. Um, you know, he's just there to say, let's split up, gang. Which is also terrible advice. As we all know, you've seen a horror movie. You don't split up. Like, that's not, that's not a good idea. Well, that's what he's there for. Um, he has a single dad um, and his mom died when he was a baby, I believe that's what we we're told at the beginning of the show well, yeah that's what we're told at the beginning of the show so that's what I'm gonna go with at the moment that's his life that's what we're kind of presented as like oh uh, oh, his dad's the mayor by the way so his dad's like the most powerful person in town it's kind of crazy and yeah he doesn't his, Freddie's obsessed with traps like so obsessed with traps it becomes a major issue with his relationship with Daphne it's just, it's a whole thing, I'm so excited, <laughs> to get into so many places, but I just wanna <laughs> describe all the characters really quick, um, and so then we have Daphne, uh, Daphne Blake, and she's really cool, like, I like her, um, my headcanon is that she's bi, but we, that doesn't even impact the show at all so it's not really super important but yeah she's rich that's the thing like freddie is two That they both were ascots and they're both rich um but w- daphne seems richer than freddie i don't know why but she just does so she has two parents um they're kind of weird her dad we don't really learn that much about her dad we learn more about her mom Um, her mom's super weird, and I think it's kind of joked that she's mentally ill. Um, it's super uncomfortable. I don't know. They, like, casually joke that she's mentally ill. Also, just a random thing, uh, Daphne is totally steeped in diet culture. That's not super important, but it kind of bothers me every time I rewatch the show, because she always mentions something about oh that's not healthy or that's bad or oh i can't eat that or i'll become addicted it's it's so bad but anyway <laughs> so yeah daphne has like four sisters or something like that they all have like really weird names that start with the d and they're like super successful and they all have like rich husbands but they're all older than daphne but she's constantly com- like comparing herself to them and being like Super upset that she's not as successful and amazing as they are. But even though she's like a senior, maybe a junior. Or se- I think no, I think she's a senior. She's a senior in high. They're all seniors. She's like a senior in high school. Like damn, like she hasn't even had the opportunity to do all the things her sisters have done. But yeah, this whole thing, her parents are always pressuring her and being like, "Why, kid?" excuse me are always pressing her and being like why can't you be more like your sisters and it's super upsetting to her (laughs) like you know that makes sense like if you're always being constantly compared to your sisters or your siblings in general it's gonna give you like a weird inferiority complex and it's gonna make you upset and you're not gonna know how to deal with it and so that's kind of her situation um then we have velma dinkley who is my favorite character i mean you know <laughs> um i'm queer i like girls and velma was definitely one of my crushes like in the in one of the scooby-doo movies from like the really weird ones from like the early 2000s um i think it's the second one she like is wearing that like red number like that little um i'll put a picture in the description so you know what i'm talking about but yeah so like she's wearing that weird it's kind of weird because she's uncomfortable in it and she like struts onto the van or or i guess into the van and and she like squeaks She's on the couch but no like that was like when i saw that i totally had a crush on velma and so my crush on velma transfers from that movie to this series i love her and she's amazing and considering she's a whole fucking lesbian it it makes the crush stronger um but velma's super smart she's like nerdy i'm pretty sure she's jewish um i'm pretty sure that's like referenced or mentioned somewhere but yeah like she's actually like canonically a lesbian in this um the um the creators like came out i'm not sure if it was like right after the show was over or like a couple years after um but i will also link that in the description of like some articles talking about uh the creators saying that velma's a lesbian but yeah because at the end uh Kind of spoilery, but she ends up with hot dog water, uh aka Marcy, which we haven't even talked about her character yet, but we will get to it and they're super cute and gay together. Interestingly enough, uh throughout this series, um Velma is dating Shaggy, not throughout the whole series, but um we learn pretty early in the first season that they are dating and they're hiding it and it's a secret and it becomes a whole thing yeah and i don't know velma has really supportive parents her mom is more prominent in the show than her dad her dad's just usually kind of there to like you know enforce whatever her mom is saying or believes or whatever we don't really learn that much about him actually (laughs) which kind of sucks but that's kind of how they do all of the parents, except uh, Shaggy's parents, we don't really learn much about them at all. But yeah, like, moms tend to be more prominent than dads, um, except Freddie's dad, because he only has a dad. But yeah, so like, it's, it's an interesting dynamic they have with the parents. I think this show really gets into parent-child relationships in an interesting way, but that's a whole different aside that i don't have time for okay so now shaggy we all know and love shaggy i love shaggy um um and so my headcanon is that Shaggy's a trans woman but unfortunately that won't be super important to anything i talk about when i start getting into the various episodes of the show it's not super important it just explains like super super minor things that i feel like important if that makes any sense i don't know if that made any sense but so yes shaggy you know scooby is his his best friend his his uh dog companion his loyal companion and yeah they both like to eat (laughs) like i feel like i'm doing shaggy and scooby together because they're so similar they both like to eat shaggy is obviously supposed to be like a hippie archetype and he's a major foodie that's kind of it with shaggy like shaggy is a hippie and a foodie <laughs> and that's that's all we kind of get with shaggy i just think um i feel like all of my opinions on these characters are definitely colored by every other scooby-doo thing i've ever seen in my life which is why i really like Velman Shaggy um the most out of the gang just because of how they're portrayed in other Scooby-Doo stuff and i think Shaggy's hilarious and they get to give him some really good lines like they give him the um when George W Bush misphrases the whole like uh what's that phrase <laughs> wow i'm about to i'm about to do a George Bush <laughs> where, where like one one time it happens, shame on you. If it happens twice, shame on me or whatever. Sorry. Um you know what I'm talking about. But I can also I'll in the description I'll link the video of George Bush saying the phrase wrong. And they actually put that they put what George Bush said as one of Shaggy's lines. And the first time I watched the show I didn't know that. I actually had never heard I didn't know that much about George Bush. I was a, a small child when he was in office. I think um, I don't even know when he was in office. That's that's how bad it is. But then I um, uh, watched some clips of George Bush, like uh, the Young Turks was talking about George Bush, and they were talking about iconic George Bush quotes, and that quote um, was one of them. <laughs> and um it was just so funny and then when i was watching the show re-watching the show as i do often shaggy said it at one point and it's so funny <laughs> i'm pretty sure he says it in the crying clown or like the there's a clown episode it has like a weird title uh he either says it in I think he says it in part two of that episode. There's, like, part one, and then there's, like, an episode in the middle of it, which is interesting, and then there's part two of, like, the clown episode or whatever, and he says it when he's talking to, like, the townspeople, and it's- it's just a good time. It's just a good time. Yeah, so because of sh- how Shaggy is viewed as, like, kinda, you know, kinda dumb, which, you know, that's, you know, that's how he's viewed. I don't really like using that word, so sorry, I won't say it again. Um... They are able to give him these amazing lines from other people who are seen similarly to Shaggy. And they're able to make amazing references that kids definitely aren't going to get. Like, I don't think there was any kid that was watching this in 2010 through 2013 that was like, oh my gosh, I know, that's George Bush. Like, they definitely didn't know. But, like, I think it's kind of the thing that cartoons do. Uh kids' cartoons often like to throw things in for the adults, and um <laughs> this is a really funny, specific thing for adults, like ha, remember this, and yeah, so that's uh, anyway <laughs> sorry, that was a weird tangent, okay, now let's get into literally everything. And so I'm going to say it again, spoiler alert, because I'm not going to be going in order. I'm just going to be talking about things that I, that stick out from the show and make me love it so much. So, okay. One thing that makes me love the show is Velma and Hot Dog Water, aka Marcy. I'm probably going to call her Hot Dog Water because that's mainly what she's called. I don't, when I see her character, I don't immediately go, oh, Marcy. So, hot dog water hot dog water and velma's relationship it's so cute like at one point um daphne doesn't want to be part of the gang this is like season two i believe and she's kind of moved on because the gang uh they basically at the end of season one they're all sent away from each other um they're all some are sent to you know uh like shaggy is sent to military school scooby is sent to a farm um Freddie learns that his father, the mayor, uh Mayor Jones, isn't actually his father. He kidnapped him as a baby and blackmailed his parents to give him up. <laughs> it's it's a mess. He learns his that, that picture of his mother is fake. <laughs> it's it's a whole thing. And so Freddie calls off the engagement that he had with Daphne and decides he's gonna go look for his parents. And Daphne's heartbroken. Um and velma and Daphne don't get punishments or anything. Like velma's parents are really supportive and are like, "I'm so sorry this happened. Hopefully y'all can be friends again soon." And Daphne is like heartbroken and ends up g- dating this this new guy, um, who's basically <laughs> Baylor Hotner, which is obviously a reference to Taylor Lautner i'm pretty sure he's in he's in dusk movies so he's like in twilight movies he's in like a vampire love story it's amazing the references are so good but yeah anyway sorry see how the, the tangents they're all over the place anyway um so because daphne is not talking to the gang like there's like i think there's only like two episodes where um she doesn't talk to the gang and I'm pretty sure those two episodes don't have the standard intro that we're used to, because the gang's broken up, and so it's to symbolize that, which is kind of cool. But yeah, so um, Velma decides to bring on hot dog water, and is like, "She's great, come on!" Like, um, mind you, they'd caught her <laughs> committing a crime. Like she literally was the manator, the manatar. She was like some flying monster and had her dad in her theme park. It's a whole thing. Um, and so she brings her on. and She's like, I'm supposed to be a positive role model. But like we watch as they get closer and closer. And their relationship is so cute. Like they clearly care super deeply about each other. And Velma is really sad that uh, Marcy eventually has to leave the gang because she was only part of it until Daphne came back and then Daphne comes back and there, she doesn't get to see her anymore. But there's, there's more after that. There's more of their, like, little interactions and, oh my gosh, I hope that there's, like, a YouTube compilation of Velma and Marcy constantly interacting. And if there is, I will 100% link it in the description because, oh my gosh, they're definitely one of my, like, favorite parts of the show because it starts becoming clear that Velma has a crush on Marcy and it starts becoming clear that Velma like really likes her and the icing on top of the cake the most that they could do in 2013 in the final episode of the series um I'm I'm not gonna talk about everything that happens in the final episode yet but in the final episode Marcy um you know Velma is trying to figure out what's going on, and so she's like, "Oh, I gotta go talk to the gang." And Marcy's like, "That's my girl." And it's, uh, it's so cute, and it's so obviously gay. Like that's the most they could do in 2013. That's the most that Cartoon Network would let them do. I'm sure. I'm sure they want to do more, but like it's still so good, and it's so cute, and you're just like, "Oh my god, they're totally dating." ah it's so cute but anyway so that's my one of my first favorite things one of the other things that's a major part of the show that makes the show so intriguing and it makes it so good to rewatch is all of the history we get on crystal cove because we learn we learn like so we learn the history and the history's kind of mentioned um in the first episode i believe first or second episode velma's giving like a tour because our parents run like Uh, Like, they have tours of all the haunted stuff in Crystal Cove. Um, Her mom's, like, a... (laughs) I'm gonna borrow a phrase from another podcast I listen to. Like, a woo-woo lady. Like, she's, like, you know, you know, like, she's into, like, spirituality. And she's into, I'm sure, like, witchcraft and all kinds of fun stuff like that. And so she totally believes in all this. Even though Velma's like, I was there. We, (laughs) like, that... there was a person in a costume this wasn't like a real ghost Uh, which i think is interesting her mom definitely believes in ghosts but won't also acknowledge that these people weren't actually ghosts but it's helpful that her mom is super into that stuff because velma later has to go to her and be like oh my gosh what if everything i'm experiencing is supernatural and basically the show gets into like the um history of crystal cove and at first it kind of just paints it as just like oh yeah this happened super weird but then the more we get into the show and the more we start learning about crystal cove and the more we learn about like an entity um and like a treasure buried under crystal cove and we learn that this entity is like controlling people like this entity has literally controlled various groups of as they call it four humans and one animal (laughs) and there's so many of them there's a lot of mystery solving groups we get to learn about which is kind of cool um that and they're like these and they're cool these really cool different groups from all over the world and they all have their quote-unquote mascot which scooby really doesn't like being called but you know he 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 learns to accept it um and like It starts out just being very much normal Scooby-Doo but then eventually we get super into the lore and the history of the town and it becomes very obvious that like nothing normal is going on here like it becomes obvious that like things happen that don't make sense like um like a girl dressing up in a certain way to get back at people who teased her for example which I'm pretty sure is something that happens um that's not Unusual <laughs> sounds dumb, but like that's not unusual. But like, I don't know, an entire Daryl Mansion sinking below ground on Halloween that's fucking unusual and doesn't make sense. And so, there's a lot of exploration into what's actually going on, and we learned that there's an entity, um, basically controlling people. And the reason so many people are bad and corrupt is because of this entity. And uh, I love the episodes when we really start getting into it. We learn that the good parts of people are stuck in like this in-between place. Um, and it's it's super interesting. We get to watch people, we, we watch everyone who's been involved with this evil entity. And we see them all and we see their good selves unfortunately stuck in 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 between. But yeah, so like the lore is so deep and like I I really if I am good at taking notes, I could just talk about the lore. But I don't remember it all off the top of my head. I just know like vague stuff and I just remember how interested I am every single time I rewatch the show in the lore and being like, Oh my god, that's so interesting. That's so fucking cool. Like, oh my and it's all connects. Ugh oh, I love I mean, I love a good mystery anyway. Like, I'm not really surprised I like this show. Because I like mystery shows in general. I love a good cop show, for example. Love a cop show. Fully aware that they are propaganda. And that I probably shouldn't be... But, like, I'm so interested in cop shows. It's ridiculous. So, like, yeah, I love a good... But I also... I grew up watching cop shows and detective shows. And so I'm really into mysteries. My mom is, too. That's why I grew up with it. Um i'm also super into uh drama i love oh my gosh i love drama i really do i love drama and i also love comedy stuff comedy stuff can be a little hit or miss for like so many reasons but i still do enjoy a little comedy um i like when it's mixed with other things because just straight comedy isn't good (laughs) but yeah i also really enjoy supernatural stuff and this whole show it starts out as you being like, there's nothing supernatural going on here. And then it turns into supernatural shenanigans. <sighs> and I'm obsessed. I love supernatural shows. So that's why this is one of my favorite ever. Because supernatural shows, they always have like the uh, the surface of being supernatural. But supernatural shows are always deeper than just that surface level, generally. Um, I've watched supernatural shows that weren't deeper, but... Yeah, they always have a deeper level of like, oh, this also relates to this and this. And yeah, this show fits definitely in with all the witch shows I grew up watching and that I'm obsessed with, you know, like Charmed, the one from the 90s, Um, uh, Sabrina, the Teenage Witch from the 90s. Basically, you know how the 90s was obsessed with witches? Yeah. Um, Wizards of Waverly Place, which I watched growing up, like, This show definitely fits right in. It's very much comedy. It's very much supernatural. It also has a drama element. Like, I feel like a lot of those shows, not all of them have a drama element. But they do kind of, they they get into it. And you're like, oh. And yeah, this show is just like a teen, it resembles a teen drama a lot. Um, And I love teen dramas too. (laughs) I'm not surprised that I'm obsessed with this show at all. Because it has everything that I'm generally obsessed with. Like, and that sounds kind of ridiculous, but it's true. It has all the stuff I'm normally obsessed with, and that's why I love it so much. Yeah, but, so, I really like the transition from, this is just like all the other Scooby-Doo's. Monsters don't exist, the supernatural doesn't exist, it's all fake. And then it transitions to, "Uh uh-oh, there might be something supernatural going on here and watching velma deal with that is amazing because she does not believe in the supernatural um technically none of the characters really do shaggy and scooby often forget that literally everyone that they've ever tracked down wasn't really a ghost or a monster they were just a person in a costume so like maybe they believe in the supernatural like subconsciously but like actively it doesn't actually make sense in the context of Scooby-Doo normally, but it makes sense now. <laughs> it makes sense in this show. There's a shift and you go, "Oh, at the surface all of the people in costumes are not supernatural, but they're being controlled by something supernatural, and we don't 100% know what that something is." And eventually, um I know there's an episode where they have to do a play. Um, shaggy and scooby's favorite actor he ends up directing this play for the school about uh, i can't remember what um about like a donkey and his human companion who is like he's not a monk he's uh something similar to that i don't know he wears like a <laughs> it kind of looks like a burlap sack if you know what i'm talking about sorry i can't remember what his title is but like in that episode we see an actual fucking ghost, like a real ghost. They thought, like, oh, someone was just pretending. But like, when the person they were figure out who was pretending to be one of the ghosts at one point comes out and goes, "Uh, I wasn't being a ghost until this point," we go, "Oh!" And so we start seeing real ghosts at that point. I don't know if that's the first moment but i feel like it is so like after that we start seeing real ghosts sometimes the gang sees them and sometimes they don't sometimes we see them and we go oh like also once they start collecting their uh planospheric disc pieces it starts getting real supernatural and i just love that that's sorry that's just my favorite thing like watching the transition is a joy but also just being in the transitional space but also being after the transition of where it's like a fully supernatural show is so good because we never get to really see that with scooby-doo scooby-doo isn't really about the supernatural it's about your neighbor being a bad person and (laughs) committing crimes by pretending to be a ghost that's really what scooby-doo is about um and i've seen there's like a tweet and i'll link it down below there's a tweet that basically says scooby-doo um, is supposed to teach kids that the monsters in your life are going to be people you know. And that's very, very true. That's I feel like that's a good explanation of most iterations of Scooby-Doo. But this iteration of Scooby-Doo is about something totally different. I feel like this version of Scooby-Doo is about what you do when you realize the information you have isn't mapping onto your current reality in life if that makes sense like it's the idea of you've been told this specific thing your whole life you've been told ghosts don't exist um of course they don't exist you've unmasked hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of ghosts and so like of course they don't exist you've seen the proof that it doesn't exist ghosts don't exist evil entities don't like none of this exists But then you start seeing stuff that makes you question it and you go, oh, maybe I'm wrong or maybe everything I've been taught is wrong, which is, oh my gosh. Um, Okay, so let's get into some of the side characters. So we got Angel Dynamite, uh, who is then revealed to be Cassidy Williams. She is part of the original Mystery Incorporated. Uh, By the way, that's where they get their name. Um, before they, like, learn about the original Mystery Incorporated, they don't have a name, but they learn about it, and they go, let's call ourselves Mystery Incorporated. Like, let's pay homage to the originals. And so uh, I'm going to call her Angel, because she, that's what she's called throughout most of the show, and she's kind of hiding her identity. She came back to Crystal Cove after being gone. Once the kids start learning about the original Mystery Incorporated and stuff, and they, you know, they finally start getting information about the members. They co- go to Angel and are like, hey, do you know anything about this? Or, and she is always like, oh, I don't know. I don't think so. And, like, she's not super helpful because she's trying to hide her identity. Um, and I really like her character. I I feel like she was treated okay I really, 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 really dislike that she was killed. And it was never addressed, really. Like, I mean, I guess because it's a kid show, they can't say, like, the word die or killed or whatever. But I do think, I maybe they never say that word, but, like, <laughs> at one point, um, yeah, at one point, <laughs> Marcy, uh, Threatens to kill Professor Pericles, which is like the original Mister Incorporated's quote-unquote mascot, and he's like super smart and he's evil, and it's it's a whole thing. But yeah, so like the show has a lot of deaths, actually, um, but some of them are more impactful than others. So the two that are most impactful is are Angel's death and Marcy's death because they're really they're spread out enough and they're kind of uh, solitary. And we get to see how it impacts everyone. Like, Angel, um, they go down and they find, uh, World War Two era German robots, which, um, those are clearly Nazi robots, but it, that's, we, we're not going to get into that. Uh, we will not get into that. But yeah, so they find these robots and they're attacking them and they're coming after them and Angel stays back to hold, uh this little like pull this little lever so that they can leave in their submarine. And they can't find her after that. They send like their little seal friend who is also named Scooby. It's cute and funny. Um and they send their little seal friend down and he comes back with her broken helmet. And they were like deep underground. So, like even if she lived initially, she she couldn't have lived after she would have drowned like she just she and she you, she couldn't have held her breath that long to be able to come to the surface and so it's super sad but like because it's a kid's show i guess they can't talk about it they can't really talk about what happened to her um and so it's like professor per- pericles's fault um and i remember later ricky i think is the name but he goes by mr e in the show for the most of the time which is kind of like mr e yeah but mr e um he kind of asks about her a couple of times and i think it takes him a minute to realize that professor pericles killed her like he doesn't know at first because i remember he casually he's like well if if cassidy was here and professor pericles is like well cassidy's not coming back or something like that sorry if i yelled i'm sorry um i got it super into it sorry about that um but like it takes him a minute to realize oh this is bad and he get, and he's super caught up in the evil entity stuff and listening to Professor Heracles until like the end and he actually helps the gang which is super cool. I like watching people's transformations like from like evil to not and it's, it's super good. Um but the other death that really impacts everyone and it's supposed to be impactful in the show is Marcy, which is how we know that they were like we're supposed to like Marcy. Like like we're supposed to like her. We're not supposed to hate her at all and I think that's important to keep in mind but yeah so like marcy is killed by i'm just gonna call them the german robots uh you know uh by the german robots and we don't see it because they can't show that but they have like guns built into their hands or whatever and so she you know she's being kept in a box and they you know they let her out to try to convince the gang but mainly velma to to do what they want and this and that and marcy's like no don't worry about me i got it um i believe this is what i remember sorry if this is inaccurate um she then grabs professor Heracles and threatens to kill him i don't remember what she says but she says she's gonna pluck this bird or something i don't know she says like a a euphemism for kill um but it's super funny and then she you know she tries to fight and you know it doesn't work Um, and there's a moment where they like zoom in on her face it's (laughs) yeah they zoom in like on her face and like there's like fear in her eyes and then it cuts to velma and the gang like walking uh, through one of the doors um and we hear gunshots god we hear like rapid fire gunshots and then scooby whimpers And Velma's like, it's okay, Scooby, we're gonna gonna be okay. But you can tell that she's like super worried because, you know, they're like, who could have been killed? And, you know, later I think they kind of realize it's Marcy because they see Mr. E later and they see uh, Fred Jones's real parents or biological parents, I'm going to say, later who are evil, by the way, like just they're evil. Um at first we don't know they're evil and then it's clear that they're evil which sucks. So basically Fred's all of Fred's parents are evil. But uh his mayor dad as he calls him was better than his bio parents. His bio parents lied to him about caring about him, but mayor dad only lied about being his biological father and about his mother. He he always cared about him. It was always very clear mayor dad cared about Fred. Like, a lot. He cared so much about Fred. But yeah, so those are the two deaths that, like, so... Like, they hit you. There's a lot of other deaths because the evil entity starts eating people. (laughs) Sorry, but, uh, it's true. The evil entity starts eating people at one point to gain, I don't know, power. And he needs some sustenance. Um, and that's the whole thing. I'm gonna go back to some of the other interesting plot points from the show before I like get into the ending and like the ending in the 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 amazing ending it's a huge plot twist but I'm gonna go back to some other major things that happen Um, let's talk about Fred finding out that his dad uh, Mayor Jones or as he calls him Mayor Dad is not his dad (sighs) I feel so bad for Freddy for this because it's a super emotional thing and so basically they they learn about the freak of crystal cove is what he's called and he is kind of scary um uh yeah uh i'm really where freak is kind of a bad term so i'm not gonna call him that anymore i'm just gonna call him mayor dad and like a creepy costume so yeah they learn about mayor dad and his creepy costume and what he calls himself and it's later i think we learn later that like he got that idea for that costume because his dreams were haunted by that creature um which is interesting but anyway so we learn about him and it's revealed that the reason the kids left is he basically like blackmailed them and lied to them and said that he knew that they committed all these crimes they were, like, teenagers, so I don't even know how this worked. But he said they committed all these crimes. And so he, um, like, took their piece of the planospheric disc and told them to, like, leave town. And then uh, Brad Childs and Judy Reeves, who are Freddie Jones's uh, biological parents, they, in, like, a year later or something, they uh, had a child. And so I guess Mayor Dad found out about their kid and was like, I'll take, I'll raise him. I don't really know why they let that happen and why that happened. But yeah, so then he just raised Fred as his own. And so uh, the reason he became mayor is so that he can continue looking for the player and spirit disc pieces. And so he continued to masquerade as in this creepy costume and be mayor. And then he could have access to the disc pieces. He'd also surveil people and all kinds of, So he's like super corrupt, but he's a good guy. He's a good parent to Fred. Uh, he ends up being a better parent to Fred than <laughs> than his bio parents because we. He starts living with them, and yeah, they're just not good people. And they're like using him and lying to him and trying to get his planospheric disc pieces. It's a whole thing. I mean, there's a whole really good episode, like, Mirror Fred, it's called, or something like that, where he, like, falls through a mirror, he thinks, and um, he's in this devastated world, and he meets an old Daphne, and he thinks something, but, like, he ends up being, like, in a movie studio or something, like, he's, uh, or he's at the theater or something. <laughs> this town is surprisingly big and surprisingly small. They have so much shit that I'm like, there's no way. Um, And so it ends up being a whole thing but his parents are trying to get his disc pieces like they they try to infiltrate and get his disc pieces. There's also another episode where like the evil original Mystery Incorporated which um, uh, Angel is like kind of involved in kind of not she kind of floats in and out being involved with the original Mystery Incorporated. Um, initially, I think she is. And then she's like, no, I'm not going to lie to those kids. Those kids are great and yada, yada, yada. And she's like, I don't want to do this anymore. And I think "Mm, that kind of ends up getting her killed. But anyway, the uh, original evil mystery incorporated, where they're trying to get their pieces and they stage a whole fake crime. So we actually don't know it's fake, but they stage like a whole fake crime. It's someone in a costume and it's to throw everyone off. Um, so that then the good Mystery Incorporated, our people, end up getting the old evil Mystery Incorporated disc pieces. And it's, it's super good. But yeah, there's a lot of interesting little plot points we get into. We get into a lot of interesting little things. Um, at one point, Velma, the reason Velma eventually, uh, wants Marcy to join the gang, because Daphne is not about that life, is because w- during their break. During their breakup. <laughs> um, Velma started working for Mr. E. With Marcy. Who apparently like was working with Mr. E. But I think Velma didn't know initially. Like, I don't know how that works. I can't remember exactly. But I know they are eventually working for Mr. E together. Because um, there's an episode. The episode that's in between the clown one. I think is about... This house that has chicken legs. And they do work together on that. But I think initially, we, when whenever Marcy first joins the uh, Mr. Incorporated, the, uh, the good one, <laughs> the main characters, Freddy and all them, she's working for Mr. E. And then I think she actually pulls Velma into working for Mr. E eventually when they're on their break. And then Velma continues working for Mr. E a little bit and then eventually decides that he's bad but Marcy for some reason can't get out of it like she unfortunately continues working with Mr. E to our knowledge until her like uh, until her death like Mr. E isn't actually um he actually isn't the leader anymore at that point actually Uh, by the time she dies Professor Pericles has taken over and he's the leader and he's manipulating everyone and not just like manipulating with his words he's like he's straight up has some sort of poison in mr e's spine or some shit it's it gets wild and he can like kill him at any time if he wants and yeah so but poor marcy she gets caught up in this um i think originally just because her dad's um amusement park, i believe was going under she tried to save it But by what she did was she became a monster and she ended up hurting people. No one died or anything, but she ended up hurting people. And then she had to go to, like, juvie. And then I think after that, she just couldn't do anything else with her life, which is super sad. Sorry. I just, I really like Marcy and I just feel bad. But, okay. Now, let's get into the final episode. So, I'm not going to get into, like there's there are other things happen um that kind of revolve around what happens at the end but like it, it doesn't end up mattering <laughs> okay and so the reason why is because the ending they learn as you do in most kids shows that friendship is magical which i love i love the friendship is magic kind of stuff i love it and so they learn that friendship is powerful and magical and that's what they need to defeat the evil entity. Um, they originally thought it was like this stick with this little spear looking thing on the end. But that breaks and all they have is the stick. And they learn that's not what they need to defeat the evil entity. Their friendship and their love for each other is what they need. And so um, they, they fight. They fight all the robots. And through friendship and coordination they're able to destroy the evil entity um scooby-doo like uh uses little foot and kicks the little stick that they thought was what they need to defeat the evil entity he like kicks it into the um uh, he kicks it into the the crystal sarcophagus that the evil entity is being held in <laughs> which is super fun and uh it explodes and then there's like a like a vacuum kind of sucking them in and they all try to hold on and there's this really cute scene where like they all end up are hold. they're all holding on to each other like i think like um uh, freddie's holding on to one thing and then like daphne was holding on and then she acts she can't anymore and then freddie catches her and then i th- and then it, i think it keeps going like that it's like oh you know uh, uh, Shaggy can't hold on and then uh, I think Freddy catches him and then Velma can't hold on any longer and uh, Shaggy catches her and and then Scooby can't hold on any longer and, and uh, Shaggy catches him it's something like that I can't remember exactly but like it's the idea is like they all have each other and they're gonna hold on and then eventually they realize they can't hold on any longer and they let go and they don't know what they're letting go like they don't know what what they're being sucked into But um, they decide that like it's gonna be okay. As long as we have each other, it's gonna be okay. And so they let go and there's a flash of light. And now I love this, and that's one the one thing I really love about this show is we are experiencing basically the same thing as the characters. Like when they learn that there's actually supernatural shit involved we learn there's actually supernatural shit involved because the whole time we didn't really believe we're we're on the same page as them we have all the knowledge they have and so yeah there's a flash of light and then we are all we are all brought into this new crystal cove and the sign says crystal cove the sunniest place on earth or something like that i think that's exactly what it says and they're all kind of looking around and then uh the um sheriff and the new mayor after (laughs) after mayor dad goes to jail for committing crimes um you know as his uh creepy costumed character uh there's a new female mayor and she actually helps get the gang back together and so we see the sheriff and our new female mayor and they have like five little kids together um in the old crystal Cove they were not dating at all like well they were dating a little bit but like they were hiding it and it was a bit like So this is a big contrast. They are now together in public with little children and they start talking to Daphne about babysitting and she kind of looks like, what are you talking about? And they're like, did you forget? And she's like, no, of course not. And they, you know, they start, they tell her, oh, remember they have to go to bed at this time and oh, this kid is allowed to stay up later and, and this and that and it's a whole thing and Daphne's like okay I don't understand what's going on but okay and they all decide to like split up to learn what's happening (laughs) and basically um so Daphne goes home and she talks to her parents and her parents are like we're so proud of you we love you we can't wait for you to marry Freddie because that was a thing in the old one um they were secretly engaged before freddie found out that his dad was not his dad and but her parents were pissed about it they were like no you can't get you're in high school and but in this new crystal cove she's like when are you gonna marry freddie they're like when are you gonna marry freddie and she's like what And all of her sisters are underachievers. They haven't done anything with their life. And so she's like the best sister. And they're always like, why can't y'all be more like Daphne? And she's like, I don't understand what's going on. Um, Freddie goes home to his biological parents who were previously evil. And they were actually like trap extraordinaires. And that's why he's obsessed with traps. And he's like, are y'all... Wait, what do you mean you've never touched a trap in your life? And they're like... What do you mean? We're baby doctors. They're I can't remember the official term for baby doctors. Yeah, they're like we bring babies into the world. And Freddie's like, "Mom, dad, please." And they're like, "What do you like I don't understand, Fred. What do you We love you. We we we've raised you since birth and you're our <laughs> and yeah you're our um you're our son we love you and we care about you and no we're not interested in traps and freddie is upset <laughs> shaggy and scooby go home and instead of their parents saying that they're you know that shaggy's lazy and doesn't do anything they're like no we're so proud of you you're um you're a junior chef or something like you just you got this chef award and and you're amazing and shaggy's like but i'm a slacker (laughs) and his parents are like no you're not you're super accomplished and it's like okay um velma goes home since her parents were always supportive the only thing that's different and weird is like marcy's in her bedroom um and apparently for like years they've won (laughs) Different like science awards, like at science fairs and stuff like that, and robotic and robotics club or something like that. And they've been like, it's like, no, we're, we're we just won our fifth award, or like, we're gonna win our fifth award or something. And she's like, Are you Marcy? Are you playing with me? And she's like, No, of course not. And uh, that's when we get the cute that's my girl line when she goes to meet back up with the gang, and everyone's like, I don't understand what's going on. We see like different news coverage of um destroyedo which is like a major corporation in the old mystery incorp. sorry in the old crystal cove that like was destroying everything it's it's a major plot point i didn't get into it because i actually just forgot about it but also it doesn't matter like it doesn't matter <laughs> like it does it really doesn't matter and so that place that was previously destroyed and was creating all this pollution and problems in the old Crystal Cove is now called, like, Energy X. or It's called, like, Clean Clean X, or it has, like, a different, like, Clean Energy kind of name. And Ricky, Mr. E, um, is there, and he's not evil. Ugh, this is super annoying, and I, it bothers me every time I watch it. He's also not fat anymore. He is skinny now, which is, like... <sighs> okay. But he's married to Angel Dynamite slash Cassidy, her real name Cassidy. And they're married and they're cute together. And Professor Pericles is not evil anymore. Like he's like their little nice mascot. Um uh Daryl Mansion never sank below ground, it's above ground. Um, and Danny Daryl, who was like a little boy, who was like trapped under in, under the mansion for like 70 years and originally met the original mystery incorporated and then he built all these traps to catch the new mystery incorporated but he thought that they were the old ones but yeah danny daryl he didn't sink below ground his mansion like his whole family didn't sink below ground they're fine <laughs> like he is fine he's like normal looking he doesn't look like a little troll he looks like a normal guy and he inherited his family's mansion you know like There's all these little things we see that are different and the exact opposite of what we're used to. Because mind you, they established the new Crystal Cove in the last episode. So we are experiencing the same things as the characters. Um, Then, uh, Freddy, who is on the soccer team. It's like briefly mentioned in the old Crystal Cove um, and before the reset. (laughs) but uh, It's mentioned, but... It doesn't really matter because he sucks. Um I No, he sucks because he never shows up for the games. He bails on them all the time. Apparently, he's actually a good player, but he never shows up. And so, uh, his team is like, hey, you did so great last night. And he's like, what are you talking about? And they're like, you were amazing. You're, you're the reason we won. And he's like, okay. And they're like, here's your van back. <laughs> and, uh yeah and then he sees his van he's like that's my van it's just a normal white van it's not all decked out like we're used to and it's this whole thing where they're like what the fuck is going on um and he also sees his mayor dad who is just his coach um like currently in this uh new crystal cove is just his coach and he calls him mayor dad and he's like "Huh, that's interesting I've, I've, I, have i have you have called me many things over the years, but you've never called me that. And he then is like, maybe I do want to be mayor. Cause apparently he's been like the principal and the superintendent or something like that, but he's never been the mayor. Uh, and he says like, he views all his students as, um, his kids, which is kind of cute. So it's like this cute moment of like, okay, this is like the good version of Mayor Dad. And he would have been such a good parent to to the kids and so he hands him this cd that says mr e on it which throughout the whole series has been ricky or like the guy who's like the ceo or the founder of Destroyo, who was like manipulating them to get what he wanted from them basically um but that's that can't be what's going on now because they've seen ricky slash mr e the old mr e living his best life with his his wife Cassidy Williams like so he's fine that's not what's going on and so they all meet up um at uh Freddy's (laughs) they all meet up I can't remember where they meet and they're all like these aren't our lives I can't we can't stay here this is this is awful um (laughs) and I think either before this or after this they like paint the van I think it's after but yeah so they're all super confused and they're like this is great but we don't fit in here and also like they're like oh, there's a this is a world without mysteries and velma's so upset she's like oh, we created a world without mysteries how can we live in a world without mysteries and it's
1: <laughs> i don't
0: know why but it's so funny i love velma she's so cute i love her but she's like no no and so they put in the Mr. E CD or DVD or whatever they got. I think it's a CD because they put it in the car. And um, it's this uh, professor uh, at Daryl College that they met in the old Crystal Cove. who His name is Harlan Ellison. And he, like, he, I don't know, he's like a author. And um, he tells them to... Uh, To call him mr e and that because he's been writing speculative fiction which anyone doesn't know that's like an alternative name for science fiction so because he has written speculative fiction his whole life or whatever he can tell when there's alternate timelines because like there's a point where Obama explains that they must have created an alternate timeline because they destroyed the evil entity um, they created a timeline in which the evil entity never existed. And so all the evil shit and all the, <laughs> I think she even says all the losers in, in costumes or whatever, all that stuff never happens. So they have like a flashback where they go back to everything and basically they show us all the things that were tainted by the evil entity. It was never tainted. And that's basically what Velma says and explains. And so, yeah, Harlan Ellison, our mystery, is like, oh, yeah, um, I. I am. I can tell when there's multiple timelines, and he's like, "And this isn't the first time this has happened either. You guys aren't the first ones to have slipped by during something like this." And, and he's like, "I've enrolled you all in this college across the country. Um, I don't. I don't know exactly where Crystal Cove is, uh, but let's. I don't know. Let's kind of just assume." you know, like, let's think, like, New York, California situation, I don't, like, let's just assume that, so, like, they have to drive all the way across the country for this college, and he's enrolled everyone, including, including that weird dog, Henry and Scooby-Doo, in college, is this is how I know they're seniors, because he was able to, like, put them in, co- that was interesting, he, they're in college, and yeah, and so, funny enough, they don't say goodbye to their friends, or their family, or anyone, um, because they just don't feel, like, feel connected to these people, because they are viewing them differently, Than how they are viewing themselves. Does that make like Daphne's parents view her differently than how she views herself? Because they have a different image of her, and she is a totally like they aren't connecting with these people. And so they uh, they're like, well, you know, we should we should go on a road trip, um, and we should solve every mystery uh, we see along the way, along the road, Um, and they paint the uh what's it called the mystery van that's not what it's called uh but they paint the van sorry i couldn't i cannot remember the name of the van sorry so they paint the van in the classic 70s 60s 70s way that we're used to and they hop in and they drive off and that's like that's how they they they're on their way to a road trip where they solve mysteries along the way on their way to college and um and then there's like a, uh one of the final lines is given to uh this dog um <laughs> it's this dog that was like scooby's girlfriend she ends up getting hurt and then after she's hurt she uh someone out like a spirit or an entity embodies like uh is able to take over her body to talk to scooby And so she says something along the lines of, you saved us all, Scooby-Doo. Thank you so much, or something like that. Um, It's super cute. And then Scooby's like, scooby doo I doo I think that's what he says at the end. And it's over. The show is completely over. (laughs) That was, that's it. Um, They, we don't see them on their road trip. And this is actually (sighs) something that annoys me about how the fans talk about the show they always talk about it being cut off too early they say that like it was canceled and it, it it's left on a cliffhanger but it is not because we see them drive off and we know what's gonna happen like we know that they are then gonna stop in random creepy little towns and solve mysteries and then eventually they're gonna get to college and like sure the show could have kept going and we could have got into like what? How many times have the has the timeline been reset in this way? And how many alternate timelines are there? And But, like, that wasn't really the point of the show. <laughs> like, that's extra. We got the meat of the show and the main point. Um. And so, like, there's no cliffhanger. Like, if you literally just go watch any Scooby-Doo, that's what happens on their road trip. Like, if you've seen Scooby-Doo before, the whole point is they, um... It kind of seems like they're constantly on this continuous road trip solving crimes because that's this i believe this is the first scooby-doo where they like establish their hometown and being like this is its name and this is where they solve other crimes i think in the other ones they're constantly traveling from what i remember i remember them constantly traveling and a lot of times they'd be on the way to family or friends houses and then get trapped um, which, there's actually a episode in this series where that happens. They're supposed to be going to, like, Daphne's cousin's house, like, mansion or something. And, like, or they're supposed to be going skiing or something like that. And then they accidentally can't. And they get trapped in this creepy library and it's a whole thing. But anyway, yeah, so the show ends. And it ends beautifully. And I love it. And I've rewatched the finale by itself and it's so good. It's such a good finale. It ties up all the loose ends, but it leaves us to like also be like, "Huh, I wonder what the gang's up to." You know, it kind of makes me want to watch the newer versions of Scooby-Doo to figure out what the gang's up to. And just it just makes me wonder like what their lives were like after, you know? Cuz like now they're going on this road trip and then eventually they go to college and just I wonder if they keep up with their family and friends. I wonder I just wonder so many things, but like I think it's good. I think it's good for a show to leave you wondering, but like it tied up all the loose ends like we we ca- we know what happened, we know what happened, we know why there this crystal Cove is different, and we understand all that so anyway, that's scooby doo mystery incorporated um that's the whole show that's everything I loved about it um, and I kind of got a little bit into things I hated um I got into. All the characters I loved. Some characters I didn't mention because I don't really care about them that much. <laughs> but there's so much. There's so much in this show. I could spend literally like 10 hours talking about this show. Because I'm super, super interested in it. And it's it has so much to give. Like, So don't worry. This isn't the only time I'm ever going to talk about this on all of my platforms. This is just my the podcast version. I will definitely making multiple videos about this show on my youtube because this show has so it's so rich it has so much to give and so much for me to draw from yeah though that was really good um that was so i'm sorry it was so fucking long but also i'm not sorry because i had a really good time just rambling about this show which i love so so much but yeah, please check out the podcast description. I said multiple times I would like link different stuff. And so I'll have a bunch of things linked um, so you can understand some of what I was talking about. And please go watch the show. Like, that's literally kind of the point of these. I really just like talking about things and being like, go watch this. Please go watch the show. It's on Netflix. Um, It's it's on other things too, I think. Uh, It's mainly on Netflix though um getting a dvd copy is a mess so i just recommend trying netflix and watch it let me know what you think about it please email me about any of your thoughts about this show like my email is quirkyblacknb at gmail.com uh it's quirky b l k e n b y at gmail.com i'm gonna have it in the podcast description of course um Feel free to rate this podcast and let me know what you think. Um, I'm open to criticism because I want to make this uh, as enjoyable of a listening experience as possible. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed it. I am Quirky QuirkyBlackMB and you just listened to Hyperfixation Station.